I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right, we've got some feedback from the last episode from Old Windways. I'm going to let Inyash cover this. Sure. Uh, the first thing Old Windways points out to us is that there was a slip of the tongue. We said that Ukraine funding bill was for $40 million. It's actually for $40 billion. If Congress were to approve $40 million, then they would have to approve that 999 more times to get to $40 billion, which is how much we actually have uh, put aside to give them weapons. Ah, oh, million, billion. When you're rich like us, you sometimes forget the difference, you know? <laughs> it's just one letter. <laughs> I mean, the sad thing is you're not even wrong when it comes to the U.S. government. <laughs> they have a very 40 billion here, 40 billion there. Sooner or later, you're talking about real money attitude. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, war's expensive. Weapons are expensive. So we just wanted to correct that in case anybody got the wrong idea. All right. And what was the next uh, correction? Next correction was also from Old Windways, who says that this is a nitpick, but the vest that was run by the Aurora Colorado shooter to the Batman movie that I mentioned about uh, was not actually body armor. Uh, I, you know, read about it as it was happening, and so I heard the report that it was body armor, and he says that uh, it can be uncertain in the heat of the moment to think of a load-bearing vest as actual body armor, but in the majority of the cases when a shooter is reported to be wearing body armor, that is not accurate. And he attached an actual receipt of the the vest uh this is the first time i've seen someone say here are the receipts and present a real <laughs> physical receipt uh yeah it's it's a the vest itself is not body armored and an online copy of a receipt he didn't actually mail inyasha a physical receipt okay that's fair uh, I guess he still could have put um, sheet metal in the pockets of the vest, but yeah, it was not an armored vest, and he probably didn't do that. Yeah, if it depends on the configuration, but putting sheet metal into a load-bearing vest generally won't do that, because the pockets tend to be concentrated around, like, the uh, hips and waist. Okay. Uh, and... Like, there are some super module modular ones where you can put pockets up on the chest, but even then there's usually, like, a zipper or something where uh, the A-zone is, so to speak. This one's called an urban assault vest. Yes, and that just goes to show that when there is the assault, when there's an assault in the name of a thing, as in military-style assault rifle... That's a marketing term. It doesn't actually mean anything. Quite a marketing term, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a super cringe marketing term because all marketing in America is super cringe. Not mind killer marketing. <laughs> yeah, we have the best marketing. By which you mean no marketing at all? <laughs> what? <laughs> we have a logo. That's marketing. Yeah. We, That's fair. We get mentioned yeah. on other podcasts sometimes. All right. Anyway, um... Also, a follow-up to the um, sexual harassment case about the the kids who uh, wouldn't use the they-them pronouns. Yeah, they got hit with a sexual harassment investigation, apparently. Uh, this was a correction given on Twitter by Walter and James uh, from the... Uh, the Rationality A to Z Zombies podcast fame. Uh, the they point now defunct Rationality from A to Z Zombies podcast. Yes, yes. But, uh, you know, that's that's still what they're known for, uh, I think. Yes. Maybe things will change over time. Uh, but, yeah, the the 
what happened was a Title IX complaint was filed by a music teacher. Uh, so this was not an, a court case. It, it was a investigation that is required by law, according to Title IX, uh, if a school wants to continue to get federal funding, then if anyone files a Title IX case, they have to immediately investigate it or risk losing that funding. But it was the school that filed the case, right? It was a music teacher? Does she count as the school or does she count as like a nosy busybody? No, she's the school. All right, she well, has agency. I, I don't know. Like, what if, what if an employee of mine filed a Title IX case? Would that be, you know, the, the Basin or whoever... If, if David filed a Title IX case against me, would that be a mind killer thing that was done? No, because Dave is not an employee because we don't pay him. <laughs> I mean, why haven't we been paid, Wes, <laughs> so now that you bring yes. it up? <laughs> um, let's uh, change the subject. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, no, but like, no, if a, but like if a school employee like hits a kid, the school's liable for that. It's called agency. Um, the school's okay. responsible for the actions of their employees if they're acting within the scope of their employment. And filing a Title IX case is totally within the scope of their employment. So I think it's totally reasonable to blame the school for this. Hmm. All right. I will bring that up to them. I don't have an opinion one way or the other. Um, yeah, this says the school had no choice on the investigation. But like that was that came after the teacher decided to file the complaint. Yes. So like the, the teacher could have just not filed the complaint. That's true. Uh, also, I said in the original report two weeks ago that uh, the kids were being taken to court, quote-unquote, because uh, my source was a UK source, and that's what they said, because they don't understand the legalities of the US, and to be quite honest, neither do I. I would have made the same mistake. Uh, so as a correction, there there was no courts involved. This was a investigation by the school, uh, not by any sort of judicial process. Still kind of crazy that just uh, some asshole can, you know, just initiate title nine proceedings that the school has to investigate yeah it's pretty fucked up like you'd, you'd think there would be some sort of uh you know checks and balances in place to keep this from being blatantly weaponized nope there are not i wonder how much investigation really needs to be done like is it one of those cases where you can just go talk to the kids and be like okay what happened and they tell you and then you're like okay investigation complete or is there some other, is there like a federal agency involved here? I don't know. I don't know how Title IX works. It's each, well, each school. This usually happens at universities. Very, very, very rare for it to happen at middle school. But universities do their own investigations. And if the investigation is later found to have been insufficient, they can be uh, sued and uh, have to pay the damages to the to the. Um, alleged victim the i mean the interesting thing about these things is that since they're not court cases they usually have a much lower burden of evidence and i i don't know there's there's a number of cases out there that uh are just very unjust and it wouldn't have happened in a court of law because there's a higher standard of evidence but on the other hand you also aren't getting you know a criminal penalty you just are losing your right to be in that school and possibly your ability to get employed uh it's the whole U.S. system of punishments is kind of weird because of how many of them are social and not under the government's control. All right. Well, that, uh, yeah, still sounds like it sucks. Definitely sucks, yeah. Hey, school, but... maybe tell your teacher not to file Title IX complaints for no nothing. I mean, honestly, I think the school should fire her, but I also think that they would get in some kind of legal trouble if they did. Yeah, probably. You're probably not allowed to do that. Yeah. Thanks, teachers' unions. Oh, I imagine it's federal law. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How did you think teachers unions got their power? What did you think the the mechanism of action was? They get laws passed by lobbying. I doubt this was a teachers union thing. Most discrimination statutes have in there like something about retaliation. Yeah. Um, And how you're not allowed to retaliate against someone filing a, you know, good faith complaint. This one does actually have that. Uh, I'm not sure if it would apply to the teacher since she wasn't the person that was the victim, but I don't know. Okay, but what's the legal standard for good faith here? Um, if you are crazy and you think your case has merit, that's good faith. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's an it's it's an intent is magic statute. Uh, did, did we talk about the bomb threats or are we not doing that? I mean, I wasn't gonna. Uh, okay. Okay, well, I mean, on the good news, at least, the school did, in fact, look at this case and say, this is stupid bullshit, and uh, they closed the case. All right, well, that's good. Hopefully they will expunge this from the kids' records, because having a Title IX on your record looks bad. I don't know if, I don't know if it would look as bad if you were in middle school, but yeah, still, it should definitely be taken off their record. And how many people look at the education records back to middle school? I, again, don't know. I honestly don't know what records people are talking about when they say stuff like that. Yeah. Did, 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 like, colleges get a copy of, like, your disciplinary file? I have no I idea. I think they do. Um, and any kind of, like, legal proceedings that involve kids are sealed. So, I, I, I don't know well, when... as we established, these aren't legal proceedings, so... And also, minors have been put on sex offender registries, which do not, um, do not get them taken off once they are no longer minors. They stay on there. Yeah, that's true. We should probably do something about those, because they are giant shit show oh yeah um but all right we're gonna move on and while we're uh while we're, we're not getting rid on. of while we're doing something about watch list let's also do something about the terrorist watch list because that's also a shit show but a totally unrelated one so let's move on all right you heard it here people the mind killer podcast we love sex offenders and terrorists hell yeah <laughs> there are also bomb threats made against the school i don't know walter and james were very salty that wasn't mentioned so i oh, figured I, i'd drop I, it in I, Oh, okay. I just I wanted to just leave me asking about the bomb threats. Uh, right. Apparently, for there our were bomb threats, to over. and this is relevant somehow. Yeah, I will lead the relevance to an exercise of the listener. So, can we have a national conversation as a society about whether the other side doing bad stuff means that your side doing bad stuff doesn't count? Because, like, I'm ambivalent about which side of that question we land on. I would just like us to please definitively land on a side so we can stop doing the, uh, the whatchamacallit conjugations where, uh, my honest criticism is your whataboutery is their blatant hypocrisy. Well, I'm going to keep doing that, so. <laughs> and I'm going to keep on being infuriated by it. All right, everybody wins. Yay. Okay, am I allowed to move on now? Yes. Okay. Uh, We have a follow-up about the baby formula shortage. Uh, The baby formula shortage will hopefully be going away soon because the plant that was shut down is coming back online. Yay. Huzzah. Uh, it's gonna t- they're doing their specialty formulas for malnourished babies or whatever first. Uh, so those will be the first ones to come up. Uh, probably be available in about two weeks. And then after that... Oh, that's uh, a much better timeline than I'd been hearing. Well, then for the more generic baby formula, it's going to be like six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's, that's fine, though. Like People have mostly been able to get that. It's especially ones that they were really running out of. 
Yeah. Uh, the CDC found... And, and sorry, they're starting with a formula for na- malnourished babies? It's some kind of specialty formula that generally isn't used for people, but is needed in special ca- occasions. Okay. Well, I was going to make a joke. If the special occasion is, in fact, malnourishment, then it's good that they're starting with that one, because there are a lot more malnourished babies than there were two weeks ago. Yeah. No, I, it's some some specific kind of thing. Yeah, fair. Uh, but yes, this the plant was originally shut down because uh, two babies, well, four babies got a bacterial infection after drinking some baby formula uh it was a few months apart i guess and two of them died and so they shut down the plant uh after investigation the cdc concluded that there was no link between that formula and the infant illness and all the retained product tested uh didn't came back negative so do not be afraid of this formula nothing nothing has tested positive for anything it probably wasn't even the formula this plant that did it feel free to buy the formulas and give it to your kids I love how the FDA saw, what was it, four cases of sickness over several months, and the first thing they thought was, we need to shut down this plant to do a full inspection, and not, huh, it looks like four parents over six months fucked up the preparation. Well, to be fair, they did find the bacteria that the babies were infected with in the plant. Yeah, but they didn't find it anywhere near the actual formula part. Yeah, well, also that's true. that specific bacteria turns out is fairly common. It was also found in the home of one of the uh, the infected infants, and uh, the infection of the infant had a strain of that bacteria that was in the home and not one that matched what was in the plant. All right, all right. Well, now onto the new news. New news, as is tradition. Yay. We'll be starting with Ukraine. The current thing. Um, so David, you want to tell us about, uh, the news from Ukraine? Yeah, so, uh, Ukraine has mostly settled into a, uh, vaguely World War I-style, uh, static defenses, um, conflict. Uh, might be a bit more like Crimea than World War I. That's not important. Uh, what's important is that, uh, Kiev was targeted by some long-range Russian missile artillery, Uh, In particular, they were targeting a train yard used for, I believe, maintenance on trains that are used for food distribution. I Um, thought you were going to say baby formula. (laughs) No. Uh, um, It's wheat, which is the Ukrainian equivalent of baby formula. Um, (laughs) uh, So, yeah, this, this is... Seems to be both, like, Russia trying to shake up the uh, Ukrainians in the West, uh, and also possibly trying to aggravate the food shortage. So, thanks, Russia. No, I don't think the Russians would do that. That sounds, you know, bad. Russia would never (laughs) do a bad thing on purpose. No. Beat me to it, Dinesh. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) Um, hope they don't, you know, shoot any more missiles into Kiev. They're probably going to. Shitty reasons. Yeah, probably. Is there a good reason to shoot missiles into Kiev? I mean, what if Osama bin Laden was hiding there? Ah, good point. <laughs> Denazification. All right. All right. Well, next news. I've got some Supreme Court news. Everyone's favorite. Hell yeah. Yay. Um, the first news sucks. 
It's that uh, that Texas social media law we've been talking about that said, like, you're not allowed to discriminate based on viewpoint. Uh, the Supreme Court uh, issued an injunction. What? Yeah, the the district court had issued the injunction. The appeals court was like, no, you can't. You can't enjoin you can't enjoin this act from going into effect. It doesn't meet the standard for a preliminary injunction. And the Supreme Court did a, a shitty procurium opinion, um, which you know everyone's calling the shadow docket. It just means that there was no reasoning. Nobody even signed the opinion. Um, it just said uh, the appeals court is overruled and that the injunction is back in. They can make a ruling that no one even signs. Yeah, they do it all the time. Have you ever heard anyone talking about the shadow docket? I didn't know that's what that meant. I thought it was yeah. just more conspiracy talk, like the uh, the secret Congress. <laughs> yeah, it describes the real thing. Hmm. Yeah, it's called a per curiam opinion, which just means by the court. Was what was their reasoning? Did they even have any? No, they they don't. It was just an order. There was no oh. opinion. Uh, now Alito wrote a uh, yeah. A yeah, dissent. It, it was it was just a link to a YouTube video of that guy from Hot Fuzz saying "narp." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the entire here's the entire opinion. Uh, the application, uh, let me see, the application to vacate stay presented to Justice Alito and by him referred to the court is granted. The May 11, 2022 order of the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit staying the district court's preliminary injunction is vacated. That's the entire <laughs> opinion. Um, Alito wrote a dissent and actually Justice Kagan, um, didn't write a dissent, but, um, went on record as being against the decision. Uh, and Alito's uh, dissent was signed by Thomas and Gorsuch, making the obvious point that it's like, you need to have irreparable harm to issue an injunction. That's like the most important thing. And there will be no irreparable harm here. It's just money. Money is is the like categorical thing that's not irreparable harm because you can just pay it back yeah. or you can just deny you know you, you can if if you really need to you can say like okay well you don't have to pay it right now um but that's like definitionally not irreparable harm is um you know in order to pay money um and the other thing is to issue a preliminary injunction the law is supposed to be settled if the law is unsettled you're not you're supposed to um just decided on the merits as it you know in in the normal order um but you know they do these all the time and i've been ranting for the entire time we've had this podcast about how courts grant these preliminary injunctions way too liberally so they're doing it again all right well we when is the actual court gonna or the actual case gonna come before the court well it's gotta the district court's gotta do it first yeah when is it coming before the district court oh, though? i don't know they, ah. they take forever they, you know, they have to they have to go through a whole discovery process. There'll probably be like sixteen delays. Um, it's federal court, so it they probably don't even have anything scheduled for a year from now. So maybe in three plus years, we might hear something about yeah, whether this law can be enforced. We'll see. Okay. Uh, all right. Another Supreme Court thing is they decided a case called Shin versus Martinez. Let me see. It's Shin v. Martinez Ramirez. Um, which says that an ineffective assistance of counsel claim raised in federal court, um, the federal court cannot uh, authorize the defendant to develop new evidence to support the claim, um, which sounds overly technical. 
Yeah, what does that mean? So, yeah, I want to give it. So, so as a uh, background to this, basically what happens when you're convicted of a crime is you get an appeal in state court. Um, you can appeal it, you know, to the appellate court. Sometimes the state Supreme Court will hear it. Um, and then if they don't overturn it on appeal, but you still think you have a case for it to be um, undone, you file federal habeas corpus relief, uh, which basically means federal government help me. The state is, you know, holding me, is imprisoning me um, without authorization or without due process. Oh, or something like that. Yeah, and that's where, you know, almost every prisoner, if they have, like, a long sentence, um, and especially in death penalty cases, will always file some sort of federal habeas relief. Oh, so this happens, like, all the time. All the time. Um, and the most common grounds is ineffective assistance of counsel. Hmm. Um, and some in some states, you can raise ineffective assistance of counsel on your... Um, Oh, wait. So I think I forgot a step because you can also file a post-conviction petition. So that's what you do after you lose the appeal. And that's still in state court. So you you lose you, you, you lose a trial, you lose the appeal, then you file a post-conviction motion. And that's where you can argue ineffective assistance of counsel. Some states let you do it in the appeal and some states let you raise it for the first time in your post-conviction relief application. And then when you lose that, then you can file the federal habeas petition. And the reason you have to do all that is there is a statute, a federal statute, that says you have to exhaust all your state remedies before you can come to federal court on a criminal conviction. Aha. So what these defendants argued was that on their they had ineffective assistance of counsel at trial and also ineffective assistance of counsel at during the post-conviction relief uh petition okay and their post-conviction relief counsel didn't point out all these grounds they had for ineffective assistance of counsel at the trial level so they had two shitty lawyers yeah um and 10 years ago the court held that when you have two shitty lawyers you can raise ineffective assistance of your post-conviction relief counsel in federal court um whereas normally you have to just argue in state court that your trial counsel was ineffective. Um, and what they found here was that, okay, you can raise ineffective assistance of your post-conviction counsel, but you can't develop new evidence for that. Um, which the dissents point out kind of means it's impossible because most ineffective assistance of counsel claims rely on evidence that they should have discovered a trial but didn't. Ah. Yeah, so it's basically like, Unless you can prove on the trial record that your counsel was ineffective, you're kind of out of luck here. And this is the Supreme Court's position? Yes. That seems and, bad. Is that well, bad? It is, it is bad, but they, I mean, they made the right decision based on what the statute says. Because the statute, there's a statute in place that says you can't hold an evidentiary hearing where the defendant failed to develop the factual basis for the claim in state court. Um, to me, that says, yeah. That that says what the what the court said. You can't do it. Uh, it seems pretty clear to me. Well, so it's just a really shitty law then. Yeah. Now, what they um, well, one argument is is that well, it doesn't matter what the statute says because you have a constitutional right to counsel, and if you have ineffective counsel, that's a violation of your constitutional rights. But the problem is that 
at post-conviction relief, you don't have a right to counsel. Um, so you can go get counsel if you want to, but it's not a constitutional right at that point. So if your counsel sucks, there's no constitutional protection there. Okay. So I guess the lesson here is don't have a really shitty lawyer for your second one. <laughs> yeah, right? Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I, I mean, it's mostly that that sta- federal statute sucks. And like, that's the problem here. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the liberal justices of a 6-3 decision, exactly how you'd expect. You know, the liberal justices tried to say that, okay, well, the statute says you can't hold an evidentiary hearing where the defendant failed to develop the factual basis for the claim. Um, But if it wasn't their fault, it wasn't really them that failed to develop it. Um, And this is a fault-based standard. So if you can show that they're not at fault, then they can have an exception to that, which sounds like really tortured reasoning to me. Um, You know, it's I've talked here a bunch of times about how most legal reasoning at the Supreme Court level is motivated by the outcome they want. This seems obviously like the liberals seem obviously motivated by that. The conservatives seem to be taking more of a, just a straightforward uh, interpretation of what the the statute says. Um, But, you know, coming to a shitty conclusion. So based on your opinion that uh, the laws should be passed by Congress um, and interpreted, not, with shenanigans uh this is uh this is the correct ruling it's just a shitty law yeah i mean what i would the outcome i would prefer here is to have like an actual due process right to um be able to present evidence of your innocence somewhere because because the the effect of this ruling is that there is no forum you can go to to say like look there's this evidence that i'm innocent it wasn't presented at trial um, but I'm innocent. This yeah. shows it. <laughs> I mean, I would like a right to bodily autonomy, but I don't got that either. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, so this case, like I said, I think the conservatives are right on the law. Um, but I wish the law was different. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. Super lame. Yeah. Super lame. Um, so the up, the upshot of this is, uh, innocent people will probably get executed. Um, <sighs> but you know, judicial economy. As always, this can be solved by giving more lawyers money. (laughs) I mean, adequately funding the court system. You know, if you have too many people that need courts and not enough... Like, if there's too many criminals and not enough courts, either prosecute fewer people or make more courts. This is bullshit where they're like, nah, we're just going to, like, not have enough courts forever. Yeah. But, I mean, do you... Do you make it easier to become a lawyer? Do you make there be less laws? I don't think either of those is actually going to happen. No, we have plenty of lawyers. Well, the, the, there's, there's plenty of lawyers. We don't have enough courts. We don't have enough judges. Well, the judges come from the, the lawyer supply, right? Yeah, but like I said, the supply of lawyers is fine. Like, I went to law school with a ton of people who just couldn't find work. The bottleneck is downstream from uh, average Joe becoming a lawyer. Okay. Um, it's it's wh- the lawyer to judge pipeline that's uh choked. Yeah, but also, but also, we could just have fewer laws. Can most people afford these lawyers? It's not. It's not a question of hiring lawyers, Enya. She said we need more judges. That's why. That's why everything's backed up. I am constantly having to worry about judicial yeah. economy. All right. Fair yeah. Enough. So yeah. So Inyash, I think you're um. I think you're thinking about why are lawyers so expensive if there's so many lawyers, and that's just a totally different issue. Okay, like, that, that was related. what I was thinking. Oh, it's yeah, related, that's... but 
That's because we're a cartel industry that makes sure yeah. our prices remain high. Yeah, what he said. But we can't change that. Then I'd make less money. <laughs> uh, we need to give lawyers more money. That's the solution. Hmm. Um, all right. Next story. This is from David about uh, a Greek oil tanker getting yeah, seized by so, Iran. This happened? Yeah. Yeah. It happened. Um, that doesn't sound so good. It's not. It's super not good. Um, so... A lot of oil tankers fly a Greek flag because they are, um, you know... Greek? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they have, like, some sort of cushy laws related to oil tankery. Um, I feel like you say they fly a Greek flag, you mean they're Greek, right? Not that, no. they're, I, not that they're flying false flags? I mean, they... they so Like, they're they Greek, are like, all like our corporations a, are from Delaware? Yeah. In that way, so, yes. Yeah, so similar similar sense. So, like, okay. they're not built in Greece. They're not crewed by Greeks. Um, they're not owned by Greek companies. But they, they have some they sort just... of official affiliation with Greece. Yeah, basically, okay. they, just, uh, they just fly, they pay Greece a fee, and Greece says, okay, yeah, you can fly our flag and operate under our maritime laws. So either Greece or the EU, I can't remember which, did something to irk Iran. Um, it was uh, something about, like, uh, um, one of their... Uh... It's probably having too much freedom. I hear they hate that. Yeah, I think this is important to the, to the article. Okay, yeah, so this was uh, retaliations for the uh, um, Trump administration's reimposition of the sanctions on Iran, and so they seized uh, two Greek tankers, uh, the Prudent Warrior and Delta Poseidon, uh, including their uh, full cargo of oil, and as of me posting this... um, thing in our outline they were also detaining the crew uh but they were in the process of uh tugging the tankers back into um an iranian port so they might have been just caught and released um but yeah this is not good because um the u.s securing naval shipping is kind of a big deal in the post-war order like there were two law, there were two rules: don't fuck with sea trade and don't um, uh, start wars of aggressive expansion. And in return, we would like you know secure free trade and stuff. And now both of those laws have been openly flouted. So I don't want to say that history is officially over quite yet, but history is. Or, uh, sorry, resuming. I don't want to say history is resuming quite yet, but history is definitely looking good versus the end of history. So, yeah, that's not good. And a lot of uh, shipped Middle Eastern oil goes to China, which is massively energy insecure. And between that shipping becoming much less secure and... Uh, their blitheringly stupid food policies. I have to unfortunately predict that there's probably going to be half a billion dead Chinese within five years. Holy so, shit! Wait, how? How? Yeah. What? What good? How? What kind of odds? Even odds. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. 
I'll take that bet. Okay. Uh, but it looks like so. It looks like what happened was that Greece seized an Iranian oil tanker at the request of the United States because apparently part of the sanctions we have on Iran are that they're not allowed to sell oil. Yes, that um, checks out. Yeah, so this was in retaliation for that, which, you know, more of a tit-for-tat thing. Um, rather than open piracy? Rather than open piracy. Now, Greece's foreign ministry said in a statement that Iran's actions on Friday were tantamount to acts of piracy. Uh, so, you know, it's not not piracy. I think Greece has a vested interest in making people think that it is piracy. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I mean, call it call it what you want. It's shipping insecurity, and that's bad, to use the technical term. Was it not shipping insecurity, though, when the U.S. told Greece to grab one of Iran's tankers? No, because everyone knows the U.S. can do whatever it wants. Oh, well, so yeah. it is shipping insecurity. It's just shipping insecurity within expected post-war parameters. Now, when... The United States steals ships. That's shipping security. We're providing security. Well, it's hard to argue with that logic. Yeah. <laughs> how, how much are you guys betting on this? $100 million. <laughs> I don't think you're going to pay up if you lose. All right. What yeah. do you... So, uh, you said half a billion prematurely dead Chinese within five years? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. What amount? What amount you want to bet? Uh, 20 bucks. All right. Wait, 20 no, bucks 20 bucks not... Wait, hang on. Twenty bucks is gonna be completely worthless in ten in five years. Um, twenty bucks indexed to inflation. All right, fair. We'll add it to the uh, the bets channel when we're done here. Okay. All and, right. Uh, for those of you interested in my reasoning, I just think there's going to be a really big famine in China, and historically speaking, a third of the population dying and a third of the population being displaced is the base rate for massive famines. Well, I really hope I win this one. I really hope you win this one, too. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, all right, Eniash. Yes, sir. Tell us about solar panels. Uh, Biden is allo- allowing solar panel imports from Asia. They were uh, on hold for a while due to trade disputes of uh, political varieties. I'm not going to go into all the details because I think they're boring. But, uh, yeah, th- for the next two years... Uh, Solar panels are going to be allowed to be imported with a promise of no back tariffs, regardless of whatever may happen. So that's great. And then also Biden is invoking the Defense Production Act to help expand America's solar panel manufacturing because he is really all in on these uh, green technology promises that he wants to deliver on. So that's interesting. I fucking hate this so much. (laughs) That's the reason I didn't put it in happy news. What's going on, man? Well, the less tariffs is good. Yes. I mean, less tariffs on things that are bad is kind of bad. <laughs> are, are Chinese solar panels bad? I mean, all solar panels are. Would you like to explain your reasoning? Okay, so step one for making solar panels is taking a bunch of silicon and lithium and other assorted chemicals and dumping them into a blast furnace to burn off a bunch of impurities. That means that outside of basically California, Arizona, and New Mexico, plus some other places around the world like Australia, you are never going to repay your carbon debt using solar power. Because manufacturing the panels are so carbon intense that you just can't get production outside of very sunny, 
very reliably sunny places, um, uh, just because the initial production is so dirty. Even on the terms of the, like, green renewable power movement's own goals, solar power is a catastrophe. Okay, so first of all, they might be going to those really sunny places, but even if they aren't, one could argue that this is an investment... This is an investment in making uh, into so the solar industry so that they can continue to make them and learn how to make them better, more efficiently, and less dirtily. Because like 20 years ago, that those solar powers are complete dog shit compared to what we have now. And, and a large part of that is due to the continued funding that the R&D has been getting. No, you could have literally 100% efficiency with uh, absolutely no leakage. And in order to power new york city you would need a solar farm the size of iowa or sorry ohio i'm cool using ohio for that Uh, but you also are learning how to make them less dirtily over time and yeah as Wes says ohio would probably be better put to that use anyway so a ohio grows a lot of food like a lot of food uh and b like you can't get around like needing pure silicon and lithium and so on to make solar panels and dumping it in a blast furnace is a pretty old technology and i figure if we came up if we were going to come up with a better method that didn't involve literal nanotechnology we'd have done it by now yeah i don't know i you can say that about a lot of things and yet text also better also by uh asia i assume you mean china and it's primarily is not (laughs) going to be doing any sort of investment in green tech uh besides just making this stuff they're not going to be trying to make it cleaner because it's china and also they're going to be having their own civilizational collapse related difficulties in the next hmm. years well the defense of the the the, the u.s invoked what was the act again um defense, defense production, production act. act yeah that that is specifically going to u.s manufacturers they would be doing the R&D, I assume. That's fair. I kind of want whoever whoever reminded people that the defense production exists. Yeah, I kind of want the people who reminded everyone that the defense production exa- act exists put up against the wall because, for God's sake, if this is our new solution to everything, then we're doomed. But I believe what? it was COVID. No, just yeah. make them do it. Just make all the companies make whatever we want. It's a great. <laughs> That's never gone wrong. Yeah. Why else uh, will we pass that law? Yeah, David. Look, David, if you don't like command economies, maybe you should go move to some socialist country. I know you guys are joking, but even adjusting for that, I'm still very angry. Aww. (laughs) Not at at you guys, just at America. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, I'm skeptical of those numbers. That you gave, I'll, I'll look it up. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it on the Discord. Uh, I googled it and did find something claiming that uh, solar panels made in China uh, are twice as dirty as ones made elsewhere. Oh yeah, I don't I don't doubt that. Like it is improvable in principle. I don't think it. I don't think you can improve it that much. But and um, like you can't improve it enough that. It'll be environmentally, let alone economically, efficient to provide solar power to, like, New York. But, um, uh, 
I can't remember how I was going to finish that. There were six countries that were named. One of them was China. I don't know how big of a percentage they are. Also, I'm mostly just mad about this because carbon-free power is a solved problem. And Biden is just too much of a child of the uh, anti-nuclear uh, 70s to just, you know, authorize the solving of the problem. I doubt Nuc- that's it. I actually listened to a really good podcast um, uh, about uh, nuclear regulation, whereby good, I mean absolutely fucking enraging, but also really good. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, anyway, now that we solved climate change, uh, we'll move on to our next story, which is that uh, Jack DeRoz has apparently won the P- Pennsylvania Republican primary. Uh, we didn't know that two weeks ago, but they've uh, done enough of the recount, apparently, that uh, the other guy has conceded. So it's going to be Dr. Oz in the general election. So that'll be fun. I, I guess. You guys, I mean, guys want to vote could, for Dr. Oz? I kind of hate him. Could, it could be worse, maybe? <laughs> it probably couldn't be that much worse. I'm surprised he went worse. on the Republican ticket. Oh, oh, it can always be worse. Could it be yeah. worse? Oh, yeah. He did a he did a huge like pro Trump uh, uh, about face. Oh, okay. He's like a big Trump guy now. Super lame. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the other guy was any better, but you know, it's uh, it's gonna be this year. So he's probably yeah, gonna I win. I mean, it was it was a Republican primary, so he probably wasn't that much better. Probably not. Is it a seat that always goes to Republicans? No. But it probably will this year. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Pennsylvania. They're uh, they're pretty swingy. Okay. We got all those Philadelphia and Pittsburgh people. Ew. If you're cut from any of those places, you should stop listening to the podcast right now. Uh, we do want Yusuf to keep listening to the podcast, though, so take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping Wes just edits it out and puts it in a uh, blooper reel later. Nobody stop listening to the podcast. This is the most important thing you could be doing. Inyash, please Thank stop you. assuming that Wes will edit things out. He never does. Oh, I never do. <laughs> I leave in everything. Especially Inyash being like, can you edit that out? I bet you edit out things that you say that are dumb. I never say anything dumb. See, that's going to uh, get edited out because it's so dumb. So are, are you going? are you going to edit out your child crying earlier? Because that was riveting audio, let me tell you. It depends if it was uh, thematically appropriate. I feel like you were talking about some bad news, so I might leave it in. Okay. All right. And one more story from Eniash about Boris Johnson being in trouble. Yeah, this is the weirdest story, in my opinion. Uh, Boris Johnson had some parties during COVID because, I don't know, it was... The lockdowns were stupid and didn't need to happen, I guess. And uh, that that is a really big deal over in Britain. Like, they are having a no-confidence vote as we are speaking. And by the end of the day, which will be two days ago for most listeners, uh, he might be kicked out of his party and out of office for having a, a party. Which is, I mean, it's, it's bizarre. I don't think this would ever happen in the U.S. I think I love it because it's nice when politicians are held to their own rules even when those rules are very dumb and maybe this will encourage them to not have dumb rules but I don't think it would happen in the US people would just be like whatever he had a party we're not voting out our guy just because he had a party so Uh, that's neat counterpoint Yep. Gavin Newsom he didn't get voted out he got recalled 
But he didn't get voted out. The recall well, failed. Well, we don't know that Boris Johnson is going to get no confidence either. They're like we're yeah, at so- we're at the same stage with Johnson as the Newsom thing ended at. Oh, that's a good point. I was seeing speculation that he'd probably lose the seat, but no, you're right. I should not. Uh, yeah, should not sure. count my chickens. Sure, that's fair. Just it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now the um, the interesting thing that's different about UK politics is that the party doesn't necessarily suffer if they remove him. They can just take him out and then put in a different guy. Um, it's not like the United States where there's like a line of succession. And, you know, if you take out one guy, then whoever's next in line just gets slotted in. Yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, I feel like... So, somebody explained this to me is why the UK parties are, like, way less stand-by-your-man about things than the United States ones are. Because, um, you know, if, if the Republicans let Trump get removed, then we'd have a President Pence. Nobody wanted that. No. Uh, definitely not the Republicans. They, they love Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they could, like, you know, put in whoever they wanted, then maybe they'd be much less willing to stand by everything he does. Yeah. If they could put in Ivanka. <laughs> yeah, right? I think they'd probably go for Donald Jr. over uh, fascist Barbie, right? Eh, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Who Who honestly knows what the Republicans are going to do when Trump dies and they need I mean, a new I, guy? I think we'll find out in 2030-something. <laughs> gonna find out in you like think, 2070 you think never, trump's gonna last dying. that long <laughs> he's gonna live forever the guy eats a bucket of kfc every single day i know there's no justice i'm shocked in the world. he's made it this long yeah the devil never takes the bad right yeah exactly all right all right well that's our last news news story so we're moving on to happy news good Yay! news everyone which the way you phrase that makes it sound like not real news i mean which, it, granted, it kind of is this week, but there, there's substantial news in happy news. Inyash, tell us about the happy stuff that happened. Uh. Okay, well, we generally don't cover school shootings anymore, or mass shootings, sorry, anymore, uh, for reasons. In, um, indiscriminate it, mass shootings. Thank you, indiscriminate you mass shootings. To, uh, this past fortnight, those are not the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, We'll get into that later. But uh, in this particular case, there is some happy news related to one, uh, which is a very strange-sounding sentence now that I say it out loud. I'm sorry. Uh, But, yeah, while the Uvalde school massacre was going down and the cops were stopping anyone from going in, uh, including handcuffing one woman who wanted to go in to uh, save her daughter, she managed to evade the police somehow maybe i'm assuming she didn't pick her locks she got them to take them off for some reason yeah she convinced a different cop to to take off the handcuffs okay cool and then she was like fuck you guys ran in the school saved her daughter and ran back out like a fucking chad it was amazing didn't she also save her daughter's whole class or something i i don't know yeah i I, I, that might have been the guy with the, who borrowed his barber's shotgun because my God, I need to move to Texas. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I do, I do remember there was some parent who stormed the school and got out not only their kid, but also their kid's entire class. Nice. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. The media doesn't tell you about the good guys with the guns, do they? (laughs) That was less ironic than I wished it was. Can you actually uh, give us that link so we can put it in the show notes? Because that would be great. I will see if I can find it. Cool. Because links or it didn't happen. <laughs> also, is it Uvalda or Uvalda? 
A with an E. Dude, I can't even pronounce my own name right. <laughs> that's true. You can't. That's, that's yes, fair. that's literally true. <laughs> All right. Next story. Hotels in space. Yeah, there's a company that's making a hotel that is in space. In theory. In, well, in theory, yeah, I guess they haven't actually started this process yet. Uh, but a company called uh, Orbital Assembly Corporation is working on making the first commercial space station. Uh, it's supposedly going to be supplied by an extraterrestrial cruise liner. And it's going to be one of those cool floating uh, spinning hub wheels so that it has artificial gravity. Uh, gravity. Uh, they got a team of NASA people working on it right now. Uh, and they say that they are going to be having it ready in 2025 or starting no, starting production yeah, I think in they 2025. Said starting in 2025. Yeah, yeah, I, I misread that. All right, so Mind Killer 10th anniversary episode recorded from the space hotel. Oh fuck yeah, dude! All right, get those uh, subscriptions in, people. Aren't we so, already? It's probably going to be expensive. Our, aren't we coming up on our second anniversary? Uh, we already had our second anniversary. Yeah, so we, we got, got that a minute than, ago. We got less than eight years now to get enough money to go to the space hotel. I mean, they have less than eight years to build the space hotel. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who accomplishes what. <laughs> awesome. All right, and that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer, and arguments are soldiers. So, in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send out a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And as always, we'll start with David. There are a lot of things which annoy me about modern pen- political discourse. A lot of things. So, so many things. But there's one in particular which I'd like to talk about today because rationalist and rationalist-adjacent people in particular are very susceptible to it. Namely, anything which they can pattern match to the literary genre of conspiracy theory gets dismissed out of hand. This annoys me because there are publicly and easily accessible documents published by the people whose one job is to oversee the American intelligence-slash-security apparatus, and it decisively found that, yes, the government has, in fact, been doing deeply shady shit pretty much constantly since World War II. Possibly earlier, but that's as far back as the specific investigation I'm thinking of went. The report in particular that I'm thinking of right now is called the Report of the Senate Select Committee to Study Governmental Operations with Respect to Intelligence Activities, colloquially known as the Church Committee Report. You can just Google it all the way down to the .gov domain. The link is in the show notes. That's just about one specific instance of uh, malicious and directed actions of the U.S. government targeting U.S. citizens, namely Operation Mockingbird, where the CIA, uh, under orders from President Kennedy, wiretapped journalists preparing to publish embarrassing information, spied on anti-war activists, and, oh yeah, also abused the power they'd been given for personal benefit. There's also MKUltra, where the CIA tried to use LSD and torture to mind-control test subjects. Again, American test subjects. One of these subjects went on to become the infamous serial killer Charles Manson. Or the Tuskegee Syphilis Experiments, where black American syphilis was left untreated so public health authorities could study the progression of the disease. Or Operation Fast and Furious, where the ATF gave guns to Mexican drug cartels for... reasons... Or PRISM, the NSA's domestic surveillance program, which was revealed by Edward Snowden. Or the Ruby Ridge incident, where the ATF entrapped the Weaver family and then murdered many of them, including an unarmed woman and the baby she was holding at the time. 
or to take an example so recent we covered it on this podcast, the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot, which was more or less some stoned redneck shit-talking, while separately but in the same room, some FBI agents plan to kidnap a governor. And that's not counting the many, many well-documented cases of innocent Muslim or Middle Eastern Americans or visitors getting harassed or jailed by various and sundry state and federal law enforcement agencies because it was what their bosses wanted so they could look like they were doing something to their own bosses. So yeah, governments act directly against their citizens routinely, and the U.S. government is no exception. Any individual case of something going terribly wrong may or may not be the result of this sort of public choice conspiracy, or sometimes just actual conspiracies, but if you're going to argue against that position, uh, then uh, please bring better arguments, but then, but that's a conspiracy theory. If you reflexively reject any sort of conspiracy theory on no better grounds than pattern matching their literary genres to the same general bucket as QAnon and lizard people, you're not paying attention. All right. Thank you, David. Eniash, what have you got? Uh, yeah, I've got this this phenomenon of the media lying more blatantly lately, or at least as far as I can tell. Uh, I know the media has never been very honest with anybody, but it seems to have been getting worse. Like before, th- this is common definition of mass shooting, which counts uh, hundreds of normal crimes every year. It just means three or more dead, three or med- three or more dead from a shooting uh, that took place without cool down periods between the shootings. For for the record, what that means is a crazy father kills his wife and one child and then himself, and that's a mass shooting. Yes, sure. Uh, or, you know, just gang violence on a corner or anything, anywhere three people are shot. Sure. Uh, the media used to cite this number uh, all the time, trying to imply that it refers to the score to sort of a school shooting style mass indiscriminate killings that we've been hearing about for the past couple of weeks, um, because those things are terrifying but extremely rare uh i think of those types of killings there have been 16 or so in the past uh in this century uh possibly less i'll have to look up the exact number anyway uh the the demand for these shootings by the news media greatly outstrips the supply so they use this number instead and uh generally people don't stop and think you know wouldn't i have heard if there are 230 columbines in the last few months uh i i doubt this number uh but now now they aren't even doing that they just last week i heard a report of a murder where uh they said another right after the school shooting uh story they said there's been another mass indiscriminate killing uh at a hospital and then they threw to audio of a police chief saying this person went to a specific room on the fourth floor of the hospital to kill a specific person that he had a grudge against uh plus some other people got in the way and then they threw back to the the newscaster who said something along the lines of these sorts of mass shootings have been rocking the nation and i'm like you you literally just played audio of someone saying this was not a mass killing and giving us the details and then went on to say they are this is like some kafka-esque shit are you expecting me to forget what i heard five seconds ago i don't understand why the media keeps doing this and is doing it more it's bizarre and mind-breaking to me and i hope someone has an answer for this sadly i don't have an answer oh damn it all right well thank you Eniash. sure um my uh my trip deployment this week is that sometimes people lie um you may have noticed we mostly declined to cover the big news story this week that everyone's talking about 
Uh, the fact that Johnny Depp mostly won his, discrimin- his defamation case against Amber Heard. Uh, because it's mostly just celebrity gossip and not important. Everything I have to say about it is just opinion, so I saved it for here. Uh, my comment is that there's obviously no way to know what actually happened, but there's got to be some way for a man accused of sexual misconduct or abuse to prove that he's innocent. And if you want to say that a defamation trial, where the heavy burden of proof is on the accused, isn't the place to do it, then it's on you to say what is. Now, poll results show that most people accept the results of the trial, but elite media reaction to this has been to claim that the justice system is a farce that spailed failed spectacularly in this case, which presupposes that Amber Heard's allegations were true. But the jury disagreed. Depp's lawyers presented a lot of evidence suggesting that actually she was lying, and the jury unanimously found that she was. Now, I prefer the old standard of innocent until proven guilty, but in this case, it seems like most left-leading media is defaulting to a standard of guilty until proven innocent, but then also guilty even after proven innocent. Now, the people upset by this are mostly relying on priors that most allegations of abuse are true, but those priors are questionable at best. People love sharing statistics about how rarely such allegations are false, but those statistics are either made up or based on seriously flawed studies. Most studies looking at false allegations only look at what gets reported to police, which itself is a small fraction of all allegations, and probably disproportionately strong ones, and then count all allegations as true unless they've been proven to be false by demonstrable evidence or recanting by the alleged victim. Which is, of course, ridiculous, given most such allegations are never proven either way. One could use the same reasoning to argue that the fact that few accused abusers are ever convicted means that the vast majority of claims are false. An honest assessment would admit that a small amount are proven true, a small amount are proven false, and the vast majority aren't proven either way. The truth is, we don't know how often allegations of sexual misconduct, rape, or abuse are true or false, so we should not have strong priors about it. But even if false allegations were exceedingly rare, it would still be important to have some process by which accused parties can prove their innocence. I don't think defamation suits are an ideal solution, but for now, it seems like the best we've got. So for anyone who is outraged by the results of the Johnny Depp trial, here's my question for you. If he's innocent, how could he possibly prove it? What would be good enough? What can a man do to prove that he's falsely accused? I suspect that the answer is nothing, and that's really not an acceptable answer. Nice. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Uh, please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Leave us reviews wherever you review podcasts. And subscribe on Substack so we get your money and we can pay for our space hotel. Yay! You'll get episodes early, you'll get access to bonus episodes, and you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel. And come back in two weeks, same rat time, same rat channel. Bye.